Hi, and welcome to the Building Gen Wealth Podcast. My name is Andrea, and I am a Latina money coach for ambitious, driven women of color who want to do more with their money. In this podcast, we'll dive into all things money, from tackling debt, to increasing your savings, to learning how to invest so your money works for you, as well as the mindset you need to unapologetically build generational wealth as a woman of color. I'll help you build a five-figure bank account on your way to a six-figure net worth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the BGW Podcast. So today we're going to talk about feeling behind with money. And I've been hearing this come up a lot when I'm talking to either clients, potential clients, or even like friends. Um, This idea that, you know, you just feel behind with money. So if you are sitting there and thinking like, yeah, I have felt that way. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the club. I think that this is a feeling that a lot of us um, can resonate with, myself included. Like I used to feel very behind and and took a lot of action from urgency and um, like just that feeling of I'm behind, so I have to do this. I'm behind, so I have to catch up. And I don't think that that served me in building wealth or, you know, getting my finances in order because a lot of the action that I was taking was coming from a place that just didn't feel good. And if somebody doesn't feel good, you're likely not going to do it for the long haul, long haul, right? Like it's going to weigh on you and you're not going to enjoy the process. So I want to talk about that. Um, but before we dive into that, I want to give you guys a little update. Um, this is totally not a huge deal, but it's a big deal. (laughs) It's not a big deal, but it's a big deal. Um, I got a home gym set up this weekend and I'm so excited about that for like about two years. I've been working out, um, like just with some dumbbells and that has been helpful. I follow this program called street parking. Um, it's a company that just like writes workouts and they, um, you know, give them to you every day. They have like a great community. Their message is super great. I love it. Their message is, uh, doing more than nothing. I think that's a really great message for fitness or really anything that you have to do forever. (laughs) Um, because I think a lot of times, like we love the idea of like challenges and going hard and kind of giving everything to this one goal. Um, and while that's great, I think that being challenged and having that high intensity season of like sprinting is great. Um, the ultimate goal is to do something long-term um, and create a sustainable way to do it. And so I really, really resonated with their message of doing more than nothing. And so anywho, I've been doing their programs for about two years now. And um, it has been like from home because they're like really catered to like helping people work out from home. Um, and ever since I joined that community, I saw people, you know, share their home gym setups and like their, all of their stuff. And at that point I just had two dumbbells. <laughs> That's it. It was just me and my two dumbbells working out. And this week we found, or this past week, we found uh, a rig that went on sale and we got it and we like installed it in our garage. And I'm just so excited to like have it because I've been wanting that for such a long time. And I just wanted to share because I think, um, 
Money wins can be, you know, saving X amount of dollars or investing X amount of dollars, but they can also be like, I bought something that I'm super excited about and I love. (laughs) That's just as much a money win, Um, especially because like, I think it's good to remember how you feel when you make a purchase that feels really, really good to you. Um, A lot of times we, especially if you're someone who, you know, is is struggling to, you know, find the balance of spending. Um, you know, you, you maybe overspend or you, um, buy things, things impulsively. It, especially for you, you want to, um, like start noticing times where the purchase that you made actually felt really good, right? Like you likely are, are experiencing like spending and and feeling like guilty, um, or bad for spending that. And if that's you, um, definitely make note that and under, like understands like, why did that make me feel that way? Like, is it because of this reason or is it because of that reason? Like, you know, kind of just like really take time to process, um, from a place of like curiosity and not shame. But on the flip side, also do that with purchases that made you feel really good, right? Because you want to start teach like teaching your brain, teaching your mind to see the difference between like, oh, okay, when I like feel this way and I make this decision from this place, like I'll feel this way. But when I do it from here, then I'll feel that way. And so it's always good to just like understand you and how you make decisions with money because ultimately like that, it, like you are the person that is going to continue to make these money decisions. And so I'm just having a little bit of more, um, like an introspective view, um, about your money and your buying decisions and buying behaviors is going to be really good for you. Um, and so I think that for me specifically with this purchase, like it was a, yes, I love this. Like, I love that we got this. I'm so excited. Kind of like a, hell yes, spending, <laughs> right? Like no regret. I have no regrets. I feel no guilt. I, and it's just great. And I think that that's how spending should be. So anywho, moving on to the topic of the day is feeling behind with money. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I, I've been talking to people who feel this and I think it is very interesting because I've heard it from like different people, different stages, different ages, right? Like I, most of my clients are somewhere between 25 to 40, like that's the range. Um, and all of them have shared that, you know, like I had a client who was like 25 was like, I just feel so behind. Like I should have started so many like years ago. I have clients who have been in their 30s who have felt behind, clients in their 40s who have felt behind. I've even had a client who is 18 years old sign up for money coaching because she wanted to get like just, you know, a solid money foundation. And she also was like, I feel so far behind. Like I should have started investing like six months ago. (laughs) And so it's just super interesting to hear that, right? Like everybody thinks that they're behind, even if you're starting early, right? Like you can always like even the 18 year old was like, man, like I should have done this earlier. And so I think comparison is such an interesting thing, right? Like we, we tend to compare ourselves to people, but in this particular case, I think what we're comparing ourselves when we say, I feel behind in money is this like narrative that is shared within the personal finance community or even like the money, um, advice, 
that we hear. It's like, you know, start investing early, as early as you can. And, um, you know, put in, uh, like if you, if you were to put in like $200 a month since you were 18, you're going to be farther along than somebody who starts in their thirties and puts in uh, $500 a month. And so I like, no, I have, um, seen those comparisons like shared and I understand like the purpose and intent for showing those. But every time that I, that I see those shared, I'm like, man, like, I hope that the person that sees that doesn't feel, um, like, like doesn't lose hope in what they can do if they are now the 30, the 30 year old person that is being, um, like positioned as like the person that's quote unquote late to the game. Right. Because, um, Although like that, <laughs> that particular example, example paints somebody as like the good person and the other person is the bad person. I, my hope is that like, no, let, let's just like use this to, to showcase the value of compound interest and what time can do, but not associate like one is a good example and the other one's a bad example. It's just like, can we keep that neutral? Right. Because when we start looking at those types of examples as like, oh, I'm far behind, now we're comparing ourselves to like this narrative or this like um, advice and that just doesn't feel good, right? Like we, we just feel like we have to do all these things or we have to, um, you know, take action from a place of urgency. And I understand because I was there, like I felt like, I should have been investing for the past like two years. How much can I do to catch up? Like, what can I, you know, do? How much money do I have to like save and invest now? And I, and I don't think that that served me when it came to like wealth building because it wasn't fun. Like I didn't enjoy feeling like I was like behind. And I think what we like don't really, uh, like, grasp a good hold on is that everybody's money journey is so different and so unique, right? Like no one's story is better than the others. Like your journey with money is so perfectly crafted to you and your life, right? Like there's things that you've experienced with money. There's things that you believe about money. There's things you have different thoughts about money than anybody else in the world because your life is so different than everybody else's. And I think that like, although we all can look at that example and say, man, like I wish I would have done this or I should have made these decisions, The truth is you've likely just been like doing money in the, in the way that you have learned and known how to do it. And that's not a bad thing. It's just where you're at. Right. And I think that that's super important to understand because you want to have grace and embrace your own money journey. Like for what it is, like appreciate like all the journey Uh, like all the steps in your journey, right? Like the part in your life where you didn't save anything and you spent a lot of money and you bought a lot of things and you maybe even got in consumer debt, like appreciate like that season for what it was and what it taught you and the, and the way that it like have impacted your life. And I know that might be really hard if you're like that season of my life caused me to, you know, be in this amount of debt. Like how do I, 
how do I reframe that? And I think that that is part of the work that you have to do is like, how do I, how do I like interpret this story and how do I like have grace for myself in my money journey where all parts of my story are purposeful, they're intentional, they're, um, they're like good, right? Like they're not for waste. They have served a purpose and they have brought me to this exact point, right? Even like going to school and taking out loans and then not using that degree and feeling like that was a waste and like judging yourself for that. Like how can you look at that story and have your own back as you, you know, look at your student loans and come up with a plan to pay them off, right? Because the more grace and compassion you have for yourself, the more that you're likely to start taking steps to, um, to like have your own back and to like have a plan to get your finances in order, have a plan to pay off the debt, right? Because you're essentially partnering with yourself and your journey. Whereas if you approach this from a place of like, I should have done this, I shouldn't have done this, like, oh, that was such a weight, like it just, that whole, that whole experience of that journey is not going to feel good. And so I think that, you know, you want to be at a place where you, you really like just process that in a way that is going to be empowering and uplifting and help you move towards the direction that you want to go, which is, you know, I want to feel really good about my finances. Um, and so I think that that is a part of the process of not feeling bad or not feeling behind with money. Um, I think another thing that is good to just even examine is like, how do you sit with the emotions of regret, right? Like, because those are going to come up and they are going to be there. And I think, um, that is normal, right? Like I think that we are, we are going to have those stings of regrets and, and to have those, um, just come up. And I think the way to really process them in a healthy way is just to sit with that emotion, right? Like sit with the emotion of regret, sit with the emotion of, um, you know, like that sting, like process it. Like, where do you feel that in your body? I remember somebody asked me that once, like, I was like, I'm just feeling like really anxious. And they're like, where do you feel that in your body? And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I just told you I've been feeling anxious. I don't understand. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, I feel that in my shoulders and my chest. And it feels like tingly and like a little bit like chaotic that, it really helped. It really helped me like identify that emotion and process it. Same with like when I was like, I feel disappointed. Like, where do you feel that? Oh, I feel that in my chest. It feels really heavy. Um, and so like sit with that sting of regret. Like, where do you feel that in your body? Like, why do you feel that? Like, what story are you telling yourself? And really just kind of give yourself time to process that emotion. We are not taught to do this. So if you're like, that sounds hella uncomfortable and I'm not going to do this. I understand we're not taught how to process emotions. So what we end up doing them is avoiding them. And that doesn't help us because then we're just kind of like sitting there with like the stuffed up emotion, not really like giving it the space that it needs to, you know, like be processed and like, uh, just kind of unfold. And so, um, I think that's really important to just sit with that emotion. Um, give it space, like give your body and your mind space to like feel it, but then also like 
you know, reframe that, um, that experience as, you know, like that was where we were at. We're going to have compassion for ourselves. We're going to have like me in the few in the present is going to have me in the past back, right? Like that person, that girl, that woman was in this place and she didn't understand how to manage money. No one taught her, you know, she was doing the best she could. She like really wanted to have in the fun, had fun in these areas. So she used spending as a way to do that. That was the, that was what she wanted to do. That was what she knew at the time. But now me looking back, having the wisdom of growth and the wisdom of like even being myself, like I know that that's not what's going to serve me. And so I'm going to now take responsibility for that. And I'm going to move in the direction where, um, I'm going to make decisions for us that are going to ultimately have us be right back on track. And I think that like seeing your experience from that lens makes a world of a difference, a world of a difference, because now you're not trying to like push up against something or change something or it's like this energy it's just like no like we are stepping into um being good money managers being confident with money being in control of our finances and and from that we feel so empowered to make decisions not from a place of i need to fix it or i need to um you know it's bad and i'm doing this and now it's good it's from a place of like no now i get to like step into this role and really take the reins on what i want this to look like seeing it like that is just going to be so so much more empowering. Um, so I think that that is like a way to process the, the stings of regret that might come up when you do sort of like let yourself sit with the feeling of being behind. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about like why we have that feeling, right. And kind of going back to the beginning where I talked about, like, there's this like linear path that is showcased to us. Like you have to save this much and you have to do this and you should have, should invest early and like, you know, you should invest this much and that, that amount in 30 years is going to be a million dollars and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think that like that comes from a very linear path to wealth building, right? Like if you invest in the stock market, you're going to grow this amount every year and it is going to just, you know, yield this return. And so when you look at that and you think like, man, like, this is a linear path to wealth. I'm jumping in at this point, like I'm only going to be able to do that. And so what I want to offer you is what if your path to wealth wasn't linear, but it was exponential? (laughs) I think that that's so good to give yourself the opportunity to believe that that's possible, right? Because I think the the feeling of behind me like comes from like, oh, I'm jumping in and I'm going to go at this rate and I'm going to go at this pace and I'm never going to catch up. And I don't think that's the case with money. I don't think that's the case with wealth building. Like there are so many different ways for you to like pursue wealth in a way where it's not going to be a linear path, right? Like where it could be exponential if you want it to be, right? And I think that comes from just like, saying, okay, thank you for sharing that that is one way to build wealth. Mine is going to look different. I'm going to utilize the vehicle of the stock market and real estate and entrepreneurship to like create my own 
way of building wealth. Like this is how I'm going to put the pieces together um, and allow yourself to dream and think that that's possible, right? Because you'd be surprised like what our brains can come up with. Like we are so resourceful if and creative when we ask our brains to solve those kind of problems, right? Like if if you ask your brain like, okay, how can we start investing $1,000 a month? right? Like at first your brain might freak out and be like, there's absolutely no way we can do this and spin out, right? Like your, your mind might just be like, no way. Absolutely not. There's no way. And cool. Let it have its moment and then be like, okay, but really you had your little, you had your little spin out moment. How could we do this? Like, let's just brainstorm. (laughs) Let's just brainstorm. Like how would this work? And so then you start writing down things and getting creative and getting resourceful and like thinking like, all right, what would I do? How would I do that? What would I need to do? How would I need to like shift things? And so that's a way in which like you can now create your own path to wealth that doesn't have to be linear, that can be exponential, that can be something that, um, you know, allows you to go at your own pace and, and, um, still do the things that you want to do with money. Right. Like I think like a lot of times, like I remember talking to a friend and she was like in her thirties and she was like, I don't want to start investing because there's no point, you know, I'm already late. And I was like, and afterwards, you know, she ended up investing, but I was like, no, there's still so much you can do. There is still so much you can do in the arena of money, in the arena of wealth building. You just have to kind of expand from what is being told to you as like the way and, and, open up to the possibility of like your wealth building journey being exponential and not linear. If you have that belief and you have the grace and compassion for your like money journey, those two combined like subside the feeling of feeling behind, right? Because like I went from feeling that to now being like, oh my gosh, like what can I do? Right. And like, do I see people in their young, like early twenties who have these like multi-million dollar companies or these like built out portfolios? Yes. But to me, that doesn't feel like I'm behind and I can never catch up. It's like, oh, cool. That was your journey. Like, I wonder what mine holds. Like, I wonder what I am going to do. Like, I wonder in the ways in which I'm going to steward and um, use money to create impact. Like, I wonder what that is. It's almost like I'm like, like you're getting a present and you're going to open it and you're like, oh gosh, I wonder what this is. Like that, like that's the energy and, and excitement that I have for like building wealth in a way that like to me feels super healthy and like very much just like curious and like wanting to build. And um, with that, from that energy, you just end up trying things and getting creative and, you know, wanting to do things. And, and you'll, you see the actions that come from that is, you know, creating wealth, not in a linear path, but in an exponential path and really defining that for what you want it to be. So anywho, just wanted to talk a little bit about that, the feeling of, 
you know, feeling behind with money. So if you're at that place, I think that that's a normal emotion to have. It's a normal thought to have. Um, but don't stay there, right? Like give yourself the space to, um, you know, process that emotion for what it needs to be processed and then start opening up and, and moving towards like the possibilities of what your wealth journey, uh, in holds wealth building journey holds. So anywho, that is it for this week. Um, thanks guys. And I will see you next week. Thanks for hanging out. If you're ready to get serious about your money, but you need the support to make it happen, I want to invite you to my one-on-one money coaching program. In this program, I help you build the confidence around your money so you can start building a five-figure bank account on your way to a six-figure net worth. Just head over to building.gen.wealth on Instagram and apply in the link in my bio. I'll see you there.